time, Jesus uh, says some pretty tough words to his disciples, and they all go away. And so he turns and he looks at the twelve and he says, are you guys going to walk away too? And Peter says, where else can we go? You give us the words of eternal life. And so I'm thinking, all we have is Christ, and Peter is so right in saying that, um, even though we're going to be looking at a little bit of different side of Peter tonight as he denies Christ. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Um, we're going to be towards the end, starting in verse 54. Uh, the goal of tonight and the goal of every day this week, really, is uh, to be reminded and to be encouraged progressively as we make our way to the celebration of the resurrection on Sunday. I mean, if you really believe what you say you believe, or if you really believe the words that we are reading in this Bible, then the resurrection has huge implications for your life right now and forevermore. Um, So as we progressively uh, get to Sunday to celebrate that, we know we can be celebrating it even right now because we know the end um, and we find joy in that. So tonight we will be looking at the denial that Peter uh, does in the courtyard here as Jesus is being taken away. Last night we looked at Jesus' betrayal by Judas, and so this is the next, the very next event that takes place. Let me pray for us, and then we will take a look at this together. Father, help us now as we look to your word. Take away distraction, keep our minds clear, keep our eyes fixed on you. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may see beautiful, wondrous things in your word and bless us uh, because of it. So help us, Lord. We need your grace. We need your strength. We cannot do this apart from you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So as we approach this encounter, I think this is probably a very familiar event that takes place. So uh, as we do with all scripture, we're we're picking this up with fresh eyes to, to take something out of it. And also, just to give a little bit of context, uh, so far in Jesus' life and ministry, uh, Peter was probably one of the closest disciples to Christ, arguably. Um, so, so at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we ha- have him set aside 12 disciples, right? And then we can see even more so that he sets aside three from that 12, Peter, James, and John. And then Peter bears the brunt of most of the responsibility when Jesus says, you are Peter, and on you I'm going to build the church, right? So we see all that, and we see Peter is definitely a significant person to Jesus uh, in these accounts that we read in the Gospels as his disciple. Um, We also see uh, just in the last few weeks here, the last few chapters, uh, I should say, that Peter has seen some crazy things and doing some crazy things. Uh, He's seen many miracles take place. He's seen many people be healed. He goes up on a mountain, sees Jesus transfigured, uh, one of the only three to see that happen. Um, He, in the garden, cuts off a guy's ear in defense of Jesus, uh, watches Jesus literally pick it up and put it back on his head, which would be crazy. Uh, He is at the Last Supper with Jesus. Jesus tells him, you are going to deny me. And Peter says, absolutely not, I'm not going to deny you. Um, we see that he will be wrong about that. Um, and so all this stuff is taking place, and now, now we read in verse 54. So you follow along with me. I'm just going to read the entire account here. Um, it says this, Then they seized him and led him away, talking about Jesus, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. 
And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. Again, speaking of Jesus. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So Peter, being as close as he is to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying things like, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. He literally says this at the Last Supper in Mark 14. Is seeming to hold up on his promise as he follows Jesus to the courtyard, yet he's following him at a distance. So he goes to this courtyard, goes to this high priest's house, and he's not permitted to follow Jesus all the way in. So he stands out by the fire, and at the fire, the, the orange glaze is, is illuminating his face. And he's recognized. He's made, right? Um, and this little servant girl approaches him and says, Wait a minute. You, you were with Jesus. You're, you're one of his friends. Like, I've seen you with him before. And Peter immediately denies it. I don't know what you're talking about. And, and before we get any further into the other two denials, I really do think that Peter loved Jesus. I really do think that uh, Peter believed Jesus was exactly who he says he was, right? I mean, Jesus asked him, Peter, who do you say I am? He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's made this proclamation a few chapters back. So I really do think that as Peter is sinning against Jesus right here and now, he is feeling the weight of this sin because he loves Christ. I really do think that's the case. So before we hail some insults at Peter right away, take that into account. Okay, again, after the little girl is done talking to him and he's done saying, I, a woman, I do not know him, another person comes up to him and asks him, you know, this, we've seen you with him before. You are also one of them, he says. But Peter said, man, I am not. Again, denying Jesus. And then an hour passes by. So he's had a, a little bit of time to let this marinate and maybe to repent and say, all right, I got to get out of this. I got I to I gotta confess that I really am Peter, the disciple of, of Christ. He has an hour, you know, this is just probably circling through his mind. And he's approached one more time. And knowing full well what he is doing is wrong, he has time to think Yet, he decides it's more convenient to stick with this lie. And he, again, denies Christ for the third time. And, and we're thinking, like, as, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, like, Peter, do you remember what you said a few chapters back? Like, do you remember uh, who you're talking about? Do you remember what you have seen? You've literally seen Christ transfigured on the mountain in all of his glory. Do you remember your life for the past few years with Christ? How could you do this, I'm asking, right? And when it, what gets me the most in this account here, and what, what I really saw 
for the first time, I understood for the first time as I was reading this and studying this, is that we see Peter deny Christ three times, and immediately the rooster crows, just like Jesus said would happen. And in this account, in Luke, it doesn't say this in any of the other four, Jesus is, um, was in the high priest's house, and Peter was outside. But at some point, they were able to look at each other. So I imagine maybe Jesus is being dragged across the courtyard to a holding cell you know, for something. He's going somewhere, and they were able to look at one another, and they make eye contact, which is incredible. I mean, if you imagine the gravity and the weight of this exact moment, Peter denies Christ, says, I have no idea who this man is, after he spent the last three years of his life, two and a half years of his life with him, probably every day. The rooster crows, he remembers, they make eye contact, intensifying this moment and intensifying the sin of the denial that he said. And what's crazy is what's on Jesus' mind right here in this moment as he's being passed by Peter and as they're making eye contact is that in a few short hours, I'm going to die for Peter. That's insane. In a few short hours, I will die for Peter. So when we, think, when we, when we read this first, first look, we might be thinking, this is probably a look of disgust, like, Peter, come on, what are you doing? You obviously know me. But Jesus knew this was going to happen. He said this was going to happen. And his actions after the fact tell us that as he's looking into Peter's eyes at this moment, he knew that the sin of denying Christ as his Lord, and even as someone he just knew, denying Christ, this sin and all other sins, past, present, and future, were going to be dealt with in just a few short hours. That's incredible. That this was going to be taken care of in a few short hours. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can insult Peter all we want here, but we are just like Peter. We are more like Peter than we're not. I can promise you that. And I, I am not quick to say that because we know what Peter was like after this moment. And it was good things for the most part. So when we sin against Christ, we are denying Christ. Just like Peter. Yet Christ died while we were still sinners. While Peter was sinning, Christ was going to go die for him. Peter is sinning against Christ, yet Jesus is saying, I will be dying for you soon. So if we put ourselves in Peter's place, and if you, Kevin, if you want to click the slide once, we read something like this. This is a a prophecy from Isaiah written 700 years before any of this had taken place. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. We're no better than Peter, just like him. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Even though we would sin against Christ, every one of us, nobody's excluded in this room, right? We're all in this category. God lays the sin, our sins, When we deny Christ, when Peter denied Christ in that courtyard, he lays that sin, our sins, on Christ, on the cross. This is where he was going to. So on Jesus' mind, as he's making eye contact with Peter, in love, he's thinking, I am going to be sacrificed for you. You should be where I am, and I should be where you are. 
Yet that's not what, the, not, not what happened. So, I mean, I was overwhelmed when, I, when, I, when God revealed this to me. Um, and then we get to the end here. So Peter remembers, they make eye contact, and then verse 62 says, And he went out and wept bitterly. I imagine that most of you have probably cried when somebody has wronged you. I imagine. I've been wronged before and to tears, right? But how many of you have actually wept over something you felt so bad that you wronged somebody else so badly or you messed something else, messed something up so badly that it drew you to tears? I remember one time specifically in my life when this happened. I went to a vacation with my family, with a few other families, and we rented a beach house. And at the beach house were these video games, and me and my friend Drew had fun playing them all week. And I stole one of the video games to take home with me from the beach house. And I remember being in my room so so clearly, crying because I felt so bad that I had stole this video game. And I eventually had to go tell my parents I had stolen this video game. I got in trouble, obviously, and had to apologize to the owners of the house. But here's Peter's feeling in a more intense way. He has just wronged the Lord Jesus Christ, and he knows it. He's done it three times in a row, actually. And he is leaving, running away in tears, weeping bitterly, it says. It even gives an adjective to describe the way he was crying. So he's a mess of tears running out of this place, realizing what he just did. But here's the beauty of this all. And I'm not trying to cover up for what Peter did. I think what Peter did here is is sin, obviously, and it's wrong. And like I said, we are no different. We do the same thing. Um, But what I'm reminded of when he leaves here is because of what's going to happen on the cross uh, later that day, and because of what's going to happen, you know, a few days after the cross, this is what we read in Revelation 21, if you want to go to It says this, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. A former thing that's going to pass away is also our sin. Peter's tears, as he wept bitterly, as he's leaving, our tears, when we're broken over our sin, when we're broken over pain that we're going through, when we're going through difficult times will be wiped away because of what happened later that day and then through the resurrection. That's amazing. And so I'm encouraged as I read through, as I'm reminded of what Christ has done for us. I'm reminded of what Christ has done for Peter and I'm reminded of what Christ has done for all of us. That he is going to take away our sins. He did it on the cross. And then one day, when we depart from here, our last tears are going to be wiped away by his hand. And we're going to see the scars on his hand and know that's why he can wipe them away. Isn't that amazing? So we rejoice in that. I know, honestly, Passion Week, sometimes we're talking about a lot of somber and not-so-good things because the week of leading up to Jesus' death is not very fun. But we rejoice knowing that he did it. He won. He conquered And because of that, we too will rise with him. Um, So let me pray, and then we're going to sing our final song together.
Father, though we deny you with our actions and our thoughts, you still died for us. Though we were sinning, you still went to the cross. What grace and what love that you have for us that we sinners would be adopted into your family that you would be our brother and that God would be our father. I don't understand, but here we are rejoicing in those truths. Help us to know them all the more. Help us to be reminded daily, hourly of these truths in your grace and your compassion and your kindness and your mercy towards us. And God, also help us to weep bitterly over our sin, to be convicted to run from our sin, just like Peter ran out of the courtyard, to run away from our sin, to run away from our denial of you and run into your wide open arms, God. Help us, Lord. Let us be encouraged tonight from your word. Um, And as we gather as a church family, let us be encouraged by just seeing and singing and praising with one another. Thank you for these opportunities that you give to us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we sing, real quick, I just want to remind you. Sunday is Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Statistically, in America, for whatever reason, most people are going to show up on that Sunday. Let's be aware of that as a church family. There's going to be visitors. We, for whatever reason, have a greater probability when we invite someone that they will actually come on this Sunday to hear the gospel. People could show up this Sunday, hear the gospel, and be changed eternally. Keep that in mind this Sunday, okay? So invite your friends, invite your neighbors, family, and let them come hear the greatest news that we could ever draw up. And it's not our news. It comes from God's word, so.